0: Welcome to another episode of Pack. the podcast where you don't have to be a Packers fan. But it sure does help. I'm your host, Tom. Oh, it's Seahawks Week, Grassi. And today, we're going to be breaking down Sunday's matchup between the Seattle Seahawks and the Green Bay Packers. A fierce rivalry that I feel like has been going on now for quite some time. And to help us break it all down, we got a very special guest, creator of his own YouTube channel, Mr. Steezy A. Smith. Joining us from Hawaii. <laughs> Deasy, buddy, thanks for being here. I appreciate it. Nah,
1: thank you for having me on. Uh, like he said, yeah, we are over here in Hawaii. So, you know, excuse the shirt, but really happy to be on and really excited for this game. So thanks for having me on, brother.
0: <laughs> buddy, you never have to excuse that shirt ever. That shirt is phenomenal. <laughs> so no, nay, nay. nay. There, there's no apologies necessary. I appreciate you taking time away from the wonderful beaches. And, and coming on on the yes. and we'll, we'll dive right into it. So the Seahawks are one of those teams that are usually always contenders, right? You had these years where they're kind of having these this amazing defense. They're like run-heavy football team. Russell Wilson comes in, you know, lights it up, is doing amazing things. And, and you're kind of like always playoff contenders. And the way right. that last season ended, kind of going up against... Uh, Jared Goff with you know one less finger kind of like what was your reaction to that heading into last season like making the playoffs and then facing a divisional rival in the wild card round and then to like make that kind of exit
1: to me it was a very disappointing end to the season and when I said that I had a lot of people coming for me I had a lot of people telling me oh you're such a young Seattle fan that uh, you weren't there during the 90s when we were winning two games three games and so to a lot of people, you know, making the playoffs is enough. And I understand I haven't been around, you know, since the 90s and whatnot, but ever since I've been a fan of the Seattle Seahawks, expectations and the standards have always been high. And for me, expectations has always been, you know, Super Bowl or NFC Championship, at least the NFC Divisional Round. And so for Seattle to get upset at home, even though they were the division winners, even though we had just beat the Rams a couple weeks prior, to me, that was a very disappointing way to end the season. And it wasn't just... The fact that we lost in the first round, it was in the fashion that we lost. We lost to a backup quarterback named John Wolford, and yeah. the offense couldn't get going. Wolford, or was it Wolfie? Yeah, Wolford. He actually completed and had just as many yards as Russell Wilson up until <laughs> I think it was the fourth quarter of the game, and and their statistics, you know, didn't defer all that much come into the, the game. And so for me, it was very disappointing. Um, and, and despite being the division winners, we didn't put up much resistance, and so I, I hated how the season ended, and um, I just couldn't wait for the next one to start.
0: Well, that's the thing too. Like you guys had like such an interesting season because like that season started with let Russ cook, right? Uh, it was everywhere, mm-hmm. and the entire story was Russell Wilson's never gotten an MVP vote, and he comes out right. and he's just lighting everybody up right? He's playing phenomenal. You're like, wow, like early on, like he's a leading MVP contender. And then the offense like starts to sputter a little bit and the defense starts to pick up a little bit. And they kind of seems like they, they swap places. Can you like provide from a a fan's perspective? Because there's the outsider perspective. Like what happened in that one, maybe there wasn't like getting on the same page or two, like what forced Wilson to kind of like slow down? Was it kind of Pete Carroll wanting to do that? run heavy offense was it kind of just defenses figuring it out I think
1: it's definitely a combination of both more so Pete wanted to run things his way just because he has so much autonomy not over just the defense but also the offense and so Russell Wilson yes he was on fire yes he was cooking yes Seattle had a, a torrid start to the season but when you watch some of those games against the Bills in Buffalo uh, against the Rams in LA Russ had four turnovers against Buffalo two picks two fumbles and then against LA he had two interceptions. And so I think once Pete Carroll saw that, you know, he saw the fashion, how we were losing football games, he was like, you know what? You know, it's time to rein it in a little bit. And I've been on record saying this, but for me, I kind of looked at it as if Pete Carroll was taking the keys away from the Ferrari and and putting the training wheels back on. And so not only that, but he decided to focus on defense, uh, decided to get back to the running game. And he saw the turnovers and he was like, you know what? Let's go back to our bread and butter and this is how we'll operate. And like you said, the defense was able to, Turning around just a bit but i'm not gonna lie i mean the quality of competition or the lack of definitely helped in that regard you know we were going up against you know uh colt mccoy led giants sure. um josh mccown led eagles um you know was, some of those offenses weren't very good so i definitely got to attribute some of the defense's success to the lack of quality competition but i think those are the two factors pete Carroll wanted to rein it in and um yeah russell wilson just turning the ball over too much
0: because I think that there's some um, divide within the Seattle fan base, just from Seahawks fans that I've talked to, like there's some that are still like, Hey, I'll follow Pete Carroll into the dark and like, and whatever he wants, like, you know, he's brought us all this success, brought us a Bowl, et cetera. And then there's some that are looking at and be like, you know what? Maybe it's, Maybe it's time, you know, especially when they were looking at last season and you made the example of like taking the keys away from the Ferrari. Kind of what's your specific take on Pete Carroll? Like, is he still the guy to like lead this football team? Do you think that he, you know, can get over that hump of getting over the wild card or the divisional round and get you guys to another Super Bowl?
1: See, the way I look at it is I don't think it should be that black and white, you know, because I kind of stand somewhere in the middle. I look at Pete as, yo, know, he's this guy that brought Seattle, you know, to relevance. He's this guy that brought, you know, Seattle's first Super Bowl. Um, he's, you know, he's done all these great things, but at the same time, it's kind of like, oh, has the game evolved him or has the game passed him or is he failing to, you know, to adapt, to adjust, to evolve. And I kind of just look at it as if there's only one guy that could drive the boat, right? And and Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll, despite them making it seem as if they're on the same page, I don't think these guys have been on the same page for years now. Hence why Russell Wilson went out. And, and listed four teams he would accept a trade to, despite not actually requesting the trade. Like, that was just weird. Yeah. And and the way that Russell Wilson wants to operate, the way that he wants to play, you know, obviously he cares about his legacy, he cares about his, his stats and whatnot. Pete yeah. Carroll still wants to ground and pound, and I just don't know of many head coaches that have the luxury of a top-five quarterback yet insist on going away from their top-five quarterback. And so, to me, I've been on record saying this in, 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 in a bunch of different episodes of mine, I just don't think these guys are on the same page. Even if Pete Carroll is to write the ship, even if we're to make the playoffs and, and make some sort of run, um, yeah. I, I just don't see this this relationship lasting between the two. I think it's got to be one or the other. it got to be Russ or it got to be Pete. And I, to me, I could still be a fan that appreciates Pete Carroll's greatness all the while saying sure. that it, it's time for them to, to move on.
0: Well, and it's, it's funny because – it, like, it's that age-old question, right? I mean, that's been going on for, like, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. It's like, all right, who's more important? Is it the QB or is it the head coach? I mean, you even saw that in Green Bay with Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers. And it was kind of like, yeah. all right, like, which one's more important? And the Packers were like, well, it's definitely Aaron Rodgers. So, like, bye-bye, Mike McCarthy. And, mm-hmm. you know, from your standpoint, because you transitioned perfectly into what I was going to talk about, your offseason um, for, like, a hot minute was the most – um. I want to say controversial was I say like the most hot button issue for like a good solid five minutes. Then there was Deshaun Watson. Then there was Matthew Stafford. Then there was Aaron Rodgers. Then like every other quarterback decided to have issues. And you mentioned it, you know, Russell Wilson coming out saying like, Hey, you know, we could talk about trades, maybe potentially like with these four teams talking about how he wants O lines and he's he's tired of being hit, you know, kind of what's your feeling going through that? Because you mentioned Russell being a a top five QB and, and he's definitely in that conversation. I mean, the guy can do amazing things, you know you're you're hearing this and you're like oh crap like is this about to become like a split is this about to be a relationship that's no longer sustainable kind of what are your thoughts going into this offseason hearing all the stuff that wilson's coming out and saying
1: you know i was definitely a little worried um i, I did a lot of guest appearances on different shows and went on. that was literally the only thing i talked about for like yes. you said weeks on end and um you know i never got tired of it and I wasn't super worried. I kind of just looked at it as if, okay, look, Seattle has to make this move. Seattle has to do this. Seattle has to have this much success in the upcoming season. And then maybe this isn't something that we'll revisit, or maybe this is something that um, we'll kind of evaluate from a year-to-year basis. Um, I didn't think that we made the best moves. You know, we signed a, we traded for a Gabe Jackson. You know, we had a couple of draft picks in which we used on D. Eskridge, uh, Trey Brown, and, and Stone Forsythe. But I kind of just looked at it as if, okay, let's do what we can to keep him happy now. And the only thing that will really keep him in Seattle is the amount of success that we'll have. And yeah. so I kind of just looked at it as if, okay, if Seattle can make at least the NFC Championship or if Seattle can at least, you know, make a deep playoff run next season, then maybe Russ is safe. Um, but right now, obviously, with the season having gone the way that it's gone, you know, three and five, going into week 10, obviously things aren't ideal right now. But I'm thinking that uh, it's a situation that we will revisit come the end of the season
0: sure yeah i imagine there'll be plenty of talking afterwards because i've talked to even other fans and they're like maybe we're gonna trade for russell wilson and i was like oh we're gonna go back on that train again huh like like <laughs> buddy you might be invited on a whole bunch of other podcasts to talk about it all over again
1: <laughs> yeah i wouldn't <laughs> yeah. be surprised
0: <laughs> so it you know what I, I hear you because as soon as the Aaron Rodgers stuff all everybody wanted to talk to me and we only talked about one thing <laughs> so i get it trust me i get it um and heading into this season. I think a lot of people label the NFC West as the best division in football in which you still have the Seahawks, you know, with their high-powered offense and the defense maybe getting it together. The 49ers, they were going to come back after their entire team was on IR, including their stadium. The Cardinals' main moves. And then, of course, the Rams, you know, they're, make, they, they're just like, what's a future draft pick? They're getting Matthew Stafford, and they're, like, going all in, right? So you knew that this was going to be a tough division to even compete in, let alone win. So going into this season, kind of what were your expectations of the Seahawks team based on the squad you had in front of you?
1: You know, if I'm being real honest with you, I didn't expect Seattle to win this division, but I definitely didn't expect three and five, you know, at the week 10 point of the season. Um, I kind of just expected Seattle to finish, you know, with around 10, 11 wins, nine uh, on the lower end of the spectrum. But I definitely expected at least a wild card appearance. Um, And and Seattle still definitely – has a chance to to compete for a, a wild card spot, maybe a six or seven seed. Um, but I definitely didn't expect Seattle to to be two games under 500 through week 10. Um, but I guess we'll see come, you know, come playoff time.
0: And that's the thing too. Like you've also had a, a run of bad luck in which, you know, Russell Wilson gets hurt. You know, Geno Smith comes in and for a hot second, listen, I got to tell you, playing against the Rams and Geno Smith is like flinging that ball. I was like, you go, Geno, you, you, you go. And it hasn't been like, god-awful. You know, you had to buy at a, 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 a pretty good time. It was a convenient time. You know, you, you smashed the, the Jaguars. You know, you're able to at least, like, get by, and you're not, you know, getting swept every single time uh, you stepped on the field. And Russell Wilson coming out with his very dramatic, <laughs> like, I'm back. Like, you know, the pin is on the floor, you know, kind of video. It looks like an ESPN 30 for 30 thing. Um, <laughs> and, and kind of like you, you mentioned this and, and touched on this before, you know, before you even look at Sunday's game, heading into the rest of the season, you'll have a healthy Russell Wilson back. How do you like, based on the rest of your schedule, how do you like your chances of being able to sneak into the playoffs with a wild card spot? You know, given that there's seven positions that you could potentially fill.
1: Not to sound like a homer, but I'm really high on Seattle making the end of the season run and making it as a sixth or seventh. uh contestant in in the playoff race just because when you look at some of the teams above the Seahawks, right, the Saints, uh, do we expect Trevor Simeon or Taysom Hill to to take this team to the playoffs? I mean, I know their defense is nasty. Right. We do not. I know their defense is – we know their defense is nasty. We know Sean Payton is an elite head coaching mind, but that quarterback situation scares me. And on top of that, they have the worst receiving corps in football. Absolutely no confidence in them whatsoever. We look at the Atlanta Falcons. Calvin Ridley, their best player, has stepped away for – mental health reasons you know we can't blame him for that but he is no. the best player so you take him away from the atlanta falcons do we trust the atlanta falcons i mean we're all surprised they didn't choke last week and so if that's something that we're surprised about i don't think this yeah. is a team that should be making the playoffs um yeah. we look at the minnesota vikings they lost the best uh edge defender and, and Danielle hunter we saw what happened last year when they lost daniel hunter that defense was awful that's i don't true. have any trust in kirk cousins either um and then we look at what the eagles and the 49ers i mean I don't even get me started with those two teams (laughs) with Russell Wilson with him coming back like I said earlier he's the type of guy that he cares so deeply he cares so much about his legacy and there's no way or with the with the season kind of hanging in the balance for him to be able to play the part of superhero I mean I I could see him really getting high and, and leading this team to you know a whole bunch of wins down the stretch I know we got you guys I know we have the Cardinals twice I know we still have the Rams one more time but then we have games against the Lions, the Bears, the Washington yeah. football team, the Texans. I, I mean, I know Walk Seattle out. at times, right? But no, I mean, this, there's a little bit of truth to what you're saying, because sometimes Seattle tends to play down to the competition. And that's why I was so surprised, because we absolutely blew out the Jacksonville Jaguars, who went on. Beat the Buffalo Bills. It's the NFL. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. It, sometimes. it makes no sense. It doesn't sense. make any sense. <laughs> and so, or maybe the Jaguars are good. I don't know. But for Seattle to kind of come in and steamroll the Jags in the way that they did, that was surprising to me. And so I just hope yeah. that, you know, Seattle doesn't let off the gas pedal, especially towards the last couple of months of the season. But with the season and hanging in the balance, russell Wilson expecting to get high, expecting to lead this team to a whole bunch of wins. Chris Carson's also coming back as well. And so that will definitely be a big boost to the ground game as a whole. And the defense, if that turnaround is real, you know, I think the NFL should watch out.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely possible combining... I think it's like those division matchups that you highlighted. It's this Sunday. But it, it's definitely... Even if you could split you know, with the Cardinals and maybe able to like right. take one away from the Rams, who looked very vulnerable uh, this past week uh, against Tennessee, I think it's definitely possible. And I mean... I, I hate to say it, but, you know, Russell Wilson, if there's a guy who can help, like, be that Superman and and lead your team, it, it there's only a few guys that could do it, and I think Russell Wilson is one of those guys. And you mentioned this before, talking about how, you know, there may come a time where it's going to be I need to choose, between or the team needs to choose between Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson. For, so from your opinion, you know, the talent that you have in Russell Wilson – would you probably like hitch your wagon to him or would it be more to you trust Pete Carroll to lead this football team? If they decide to part ways this season, who would you, I guess, rather, I'd say neither, but who would you like rather part ways with?
1: Man, I guess I'd rather part ways with coach Pete. Um, like I said earlier, he's, his continued insistence on, on, you know, favoring the ground game. I, I understand sure. it. I, I respect it. I appreciate it. And I like what he brings to the table. But the type of personnel that's present on this football team, I think it's, it's a team that should be more built off of its offense. You know, it should be built off the passing game. We're talking about DK Metcalf, a top ten yep. receiver in football. We're talking about Tyler Lockett, one of the NFL's most underrated receivers. We're talking about a top five quarterback and Russell Wilson. We're talking about a play caller and Shane Waldron who came over from that Rams system from that Sean McVay coaching tree. And so sure. why don't we utilize the personnel that's available to this football team? The offense line is, it's okay. You know, the, the, ground game, Chris Carson hasn't been able to stay healthy. The defense isn't elite. And so I don't see that the ingredients are there for a run oriented football team. The desire might be there, but I don't see the ingredients sure. or the personnel being there. And with Russ Wilson, like we talked about, franchise quarterbacks don't grow on trees. Russ Wilson, he spends just about as much money on his body than, than LeBron James. I mean, they're, they're up yeah. there. They both spend upwards of 000, 000 like a million dollars on the dollars, yeah. season. A million dollars. And so with Russ Wilson being 31, 32, I could see another 10 years if I'm being realistic. Coach Pete Carroll, he's 70, going on 71. <laughs> How much more time does he have? And I hate to be that guy that looks sure, like sure, a guy sure. who's a little older, but... For Being realistic, I mean, Russell Wilson's obviously has so much more time ahead of him. I'd rather go sure. with Russ, and I hate to say it, but I'd rather part ways with Coach Pete
0: because it's it's about windows, right? And you, I mean, right. listen, we talked about it. Packers fans with Aaron Rodgers, you, Bears fans, to talk about with like that defense. And now you're talking about it with Russell Wilson is that like, listen, when you find a franchise QB, there is a window in which, hey, this is how long I'm going to be competitive for. And it gets more difficult, especially, you know, after that rookie deal and you're throwing lots of money at these guys. And I think, you know, you're kind of you hit the head, the nail right on the head and talking about like you need to capitalize on that. You have pieces in here because like there will be a DK Metcalf extension that's going to be very sizable, you know, that's going to happen after that rookie deal. And I think, you know, building up that offensive line is where it's going to start and where it's protecting that franchise QB. It's making sure that you're able to establish those running lanes. And the defense, yeah, I mean, it's not elite right now, and it hasn't been elite for, like, a bit now. So it's like, okay, well, let's take the weapons that we currently have on this team and make the most of it. Exactly. So, I mean, like, yeah, it it makes logical sense. (laughs) So I think it's, it's a matter of... You know, are we stuck in this kind of, like, traditional like idea of, like, what this identity is of this team? And maybe we need to get away from it because maybe we need to actually look at practicality and, like, what we actually have on the squad.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and the way I look at it is Coach P, he's kind of in over his head a little bit. You know, he, he's kind of thinking to himself, like, you know, yo, I, I brought this franchise to relevance. You know, yo, I've, I have brought a Super Bowl title here. I can keep doing what I'm doing and expect it to work, you know, over and over and over again. Uh, you know, maybe he's just... Yeah, he's in it over his head. And I mean, I don't like to make accusations such as that, but sure, sure, sure. that's kind of what it seems like.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, you have an uphill battle a bit, you know, to kind of get back into the standings, especially with the division. I think it'll be much easier to like clinch one of those wild card spots. And you look ahead to this Sunday. So we don't know if Aaron Rodgers is going to be back yet. Our left tackle David Bakhtiari got activated, but we don't know if he's going to play on Sunday. Uh, and obviously, it's a very different game. If Aaron Rodgers plays and your franchise and mine, uh, we have, we have some history, buddy. We, uh, we have some history. I, I can honestly say that your franchise is responsible for my most angry moment as a Packer fan and my most depressing (laughs) moment as a Packer fan, uh, with the fail Mary, which Mm -hmm. I have a picture, a a signed picture of the fail Mary that is in my bathroom. That is a true story. Uh, and on top of that, uh, the <laughs> nfc championship game which i was the most dejected i think i've ever been watching a football game uh how do you feel about this rivalry because i feel like over the past few years the packers have been able to like steal some away you know and kind of like get some wins um but how do you feel like do you still see like there, there's an actual rivalry between our two franchises
1: What? Of course. Of course. I mean, we're talking about Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers, two top three, top four, top five guys ever since Russell Wilson came into the league. They've had so many battles. Uh, Usually, you know, I think the home team has actually won the majority of these matchups in the last you know, decade or so. so. And so um, there's been a lot of games, especially a lot of great playoff matchups. And so definitely a a matchup that I look at as a rivalry and definitely a matchup that I look forward to every single time it's on the calendar.
0: Yep. I'm just I'm just thinking about the championship game again. <laughs> it's, just, it's just playing again in my head. Buddy, you'd have no idea. That was, that was a day. That was a great day for you. Great day for you. <laughs> but
1: Well, I mean, it wasn't always so bright. I think it was through the first three and a half quarters. I was just like, oh, my oh, God. Oh, I'm aware. I think I'm, yeah, I'm no, giving
0: up. <laughs> five minutes in, left in the game, I'm like, I'm going to the Super Bowl. And then I was like, I'm not going to the Super Bowl anymore. Um, Chris Pratt was happy, though. Uh, but looking ahead to, to this Sunday, um, I'm assuming, I'm not. you know, we don't know, but I'm assuming Aaron Rodgers is going to play. That guy's going to do everything that he possibly can to play. How do you see this game kind of panning out? What does the offense and the defense need to do in order to compete with an Aaron Rodgers-led Green Bay Packers? You know, Ru- Wilson has uh, struggled in Lambeau Field uh, over the years. Yeah. So kind of how do you see this game playing out on Sunday?
1: Man, I mean, kind of going back to what you said, Seattle hasn't won in Lambeau since 1999. And for that to change, a lot's going to have to happen. And I think it's going to have to start with, I know I kind of talked about shifting away from the ground game, but going into this game, I think there has to be a point of emphasis on running the football. Just because doing that's going to open up a lot of things and play action. It's going to open up things for Russ Wilson. I know Russ Wilson is, is elite. I know that he's one of the game's very best quarterbacks, but he hasn't played since October 7th. It's been more than a month since the last time yeah. he played. And so you don't want to throw him back into game action against an elite opponent like the Green Bay Packers and then in his first game back where he's going to be slinging the rock 40, 50 plus times. No, you know, take some of the pressure off Russ Wilson. You don't want any sort of chances of him aggravating that finger injury. There's even any chance of that happening. Um, And so with the ground game, obviously, like I said, play action, it's going to help out Russ. It's going to help out the offensive line. It'll help to keep Aaron Rodgers on the sidelines. It'll help the defense. Um, Just because time of possession just hasn't been in Seattle's favor all year long. Third down offense has been atrocious as well. I think yeah. when it comes to third down, let Russell Wilson handle third down. But first couple of downs, uh, you know, definitely first couple quarters of the game. Run the football. Yeah,
0: yeah I mean, listen. If Jordan Love is back there, it's we're we're having a very different conversation, um, and that obviously, like, yeah, you know, it's his first start. You know, going, and I, I imagine though, the Seahawks' defense is definitely not the staple of that team. If Jordan Love is the one playing, there's gonna be a lot of blitzing <laughs> going on because our O line could not pick that up at all last week. But one, of the, it's funny because one of the under the radar things is how good that Packers defense is this year, missing key yeah. guys like Sedarius, Jair Alexander. I mean, hell. We were missing Eric Stokes uh, and Kenny Clark last week too, and they're still, you know, holding the Chiefs to 13 points, and that's after turnovers and, and a whole nine yards. So, I'm curious to see what Joe Barry is going to have dialed up for Russell Wilson, and the Seahawks. They're very familiar with each other. Joe Barry coming from the Rams, so I think uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of game it's going to turn into. Whether it's going to be one of if Aaron Rodgers is playing one of those high scoring games, or whether it's going to be one of those defensive battles in Lambeau. It's going to be it's going to be a time bud.
1: Oh yeah, no doubt. Um yeah, I'm gonna lost some words. I, I can't I can't wait. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> it
0: should be fun. It should it should be fun. But Steezy, I appreciate you you taking the time. You you coming coming taking some time away from the beaches and coming on uh and talking some Packers Seahawks. Uh please, please, please tell the people where they can find you, all the things that you do. Yeah,
1: again, my pleasure. You know, thank you so much for having me on to everybody out there that's that's tuning in, that will tune in. You know, don't forget to show my guy here some love, at Tom Grossi, Grossi, sorry if I'm saying that wrong. Uh, right, all great. social media platforms, primarily on YouTube, so be sure to show my guys some love, last but not least. Once you go do that, then you can find me primarily on YouTube, <laughs> Smith, as you guys can see in the handle down below, S-T-E-E-Z-Y-A-S-M-I-T-H. I'm also on Instagram, also on Twitter, not as often, but same handle there. Um, and, yeah, I don't just, you know, put out C I S content. I'm also a big... NBA enthusiast. Um, I also like to cover, you know, other teams around the NFL, fantasy football, fantasy basketball, all that good stuff. So if any of that sounds interesting, definitely shoot me a follow.
0: Awesome. There you go. Guys, make sure you check them out. Folks, appreciate you. Thank you so much for watching. I'm Tom Grassi. And as always, go pack, go.